When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. All right, Greg. So I'm sitting at my house last night before I go out. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I want to hear the rest of the story. I don't know. I'm perusing through Twitter. And I see your latest story pop up at BSJ and I click on it and I read it and I'm almost beside myself because I'm like, wait a minute. Is this the Greg Bedard writing this about Mac Jones? Let's just say if you haven't read the column yet, I'm sure Greg will share a lot of his thoughts here on this podcast. Let's just say that, Greg, I think you got Patriots fans all worked up in a lather about Mac Jones if they were reading your column Let's just talk about some of your observations. Obviously, they let you through the gates. Congratulations on that. Yes. I'm glad that you were able to uh, make it on through. Thank you, Willy Wonka, as uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Stacy James. Thank you. <laughs> Stacy James gave you your golden ticket. Yep. So uh, let, let's talk about Mac Jones and what you saw yesterday. So, yeah. So we went out to practice. And look, um, this was uh, put quotation marks around uh, the word practice. I love how. So we got there. They kept changing the time, and we got there, and they were supposed to let us in, I think, about 1130. I'm not sure ultimately what time it was. But, you know, they held us outside, and you could see they're on the field practicing. You know, I think it was more – it was a little faster than walkthroughs, but it was offense versus defense. Of course, we didn't really even see that in our practice. It's just typical Belichick. You know, he was uh, speaking of – He's the real Willy Wonka, you know. I, I think <laughs> I don't know if Matt Patricia's uh, one of the Oompa Loompas or what what the deal is, but you know that's his. Basically, Gillette is uh, the factory, and you know he's Willy Wonka, and he does what he wants behind closed doors. And we got our golden tickets yesterday, so they let us in, and it was a glorified it, it was a glorified teaching practice. There wasn't any competition really. There were a couple couple sessions where the offense and defense were on the field the quarterbacks mostly threw a check downs other than Hoyer went deep once basically been like you know I'm going to be only here for about a month so I might as well let it rip and <laughs> he hit Nelson Aguilar down the right side so that was good so obviously I was looking around sort of seeing who was there there were not a lot of veterans there uh, some of the newcomers uh, from free agency were there and, um, you know, just trying to size people up, seeing what kind of difference there is in terms of, you know, how they look, have they lost weight, gained weight, that stuff like that. And then my attention quickly went to the quarterbacks and th- this is what I saw. And I didn't go in with any preconceived notions. And I will say this off the bat. And I said this in my column, look, who the hell knows what Bill Belichick's doing? 
Um, but know this. He knew there was one practice this week. There's one next week and I think the week after where the media is going to be there. He could, if he wanted to, he could keep Jer- uh, He could keep uh, Mac Jones number four in the depth chart when we're there and basically not let him do anything. That could be right. his, his day to be number four and pick up everybody's helmets and stuff like that. I think it's interesting, and I don't think it's a coincidence that when we were there, yes, when they were just going through individual quarterback stuff as a group, he was number four. But that that was just you know thrown to not even receivers, sometimes assistant coaches, things like that. But once they went to team, once they split up and did split reps, it was Cam Newton and Mac Jones with one group, and it was Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer with another group. And that – Belichick chose to do that in front of us. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's significant. Now, look, I could say that now. And then next week, next, uh, whenever we're let in Tuesday or what have you, uh, Friday, I think it's Friday next week. Whenever you get the message in the bottle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mac Jones, Mac Jones could be number four and you know, he could be like that. Look what Bedard wrote last week. I'm going to make him look like a jackass this week. And he, Bill can do that. He has done that in the past. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen. But, Nick, I'll just let you know what I saw. First of all, Mac Jones is smaller than I think he, he – I, I, that I thought he would be. Okay, do you, he's, do you mean shorter or do you mean kind of thinner up top? Shorter. He's shorter. He's – Look, he measured six two and a half at the combine. He's a legit six, six two and a half. For some reason, I don't know why. At Alabama, watching the film and the TV copy of what I did, you know, he looked to be a good size. He looked to be six four ish, sort of like Brady. He's not. He's no. He's no Brady physically. He's yes, he has longer arms and longer legs, but uh, he's surprisingly smaller than I thought. I think he's even a little bit smaller than Stidham. So, look, that's going to be a factor. I think. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a deciding factor, but it's 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 one sort of factor in all this. Uh, number two, he clearly throws the best ball out of the whole group. Um, his his spiral is consistent. It comes out of his hands quickly. I was surprised he sort of laid off the ball a little bit um, more than I thought he did. Which is, if you're watching the video, it's you know he kind of he kind of flares out with his hand before he throws. I didn't notice that on film. I noticed that here. It's not a big thing. It still gets out quickly. Um, Cam Newton looked about the same. Yes, he 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 looked like he had lost weight, which is something we talked about in the offseason. I had sort of four things that Cam needed to work on. Number one was trimming himself to because it looked like his legs got heavy towards the end of the season, and I think that was a big issue. Secondly was the throwing mechanics. I don't think they're a whole lot better. Um we talked about in the last podcast about that picture that we posted. It looked exactly like Cam from last year, and he threw it right. exactly like Cam from last the year. Shot Floppy foot. footwork. Yep. Mm-hmm. The shot. It wasn't as pronounced. I will say it came out a little bit quicker, but still, when they and they would go through, Josh McDaniels would have the quarterbacks be like, "All right," they would each take like three or four reps throwing to basically different spots on the field, and when it got to the sidelines. That's when Cam got a little squirrely, you know, especially to his right, which is what we saw last year because he steps left, he throws right. And when you do that, hell, I'm a softball and a baseball coach. I know what that does. I coach my kids on this all the time. If you step towards – if you're looking at home plate from the pitcher's mound and you're pitching home and you step towards the first base side, 
you know, your ball's either going to, it's either going to fly out to the right or you're going to pull it into the ground. And that's what Cam did last year. And that's what he did yesterday. It wasn't as pronounced. It was okay. Jared Stidham looked like an afterthought. Brian Hoyer's Brian Hoyer. So you put all that together and that's the first thing that impressed me, but here's where it really impressed me, Nick. And what, all right. I was a little, I was a little giddy leaving. You a little worked up. You you were a little little worked up. I was, and 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 we'll get into possible reasons for that. But so they're going towards the end of practice. They're doing eleven on elevens, and it's it's basically walkthroughs. And they're 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 even they're going against other offensive players. So like Gunnar Olszewski's playing cornerback. Actually, he's playing slot cornerback. Okay. And th- that group is working off of cards, which is basically like they're working off an opponent. And there were a couple offensive guys with linebacker numbers on to identify the mic. And this was a little bit of a, 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 a progression from what we saw earlier in practice. Like they were really trying to throw the seams and McDaniels was trying to get the quarterbacks. And even Mac Jones messed this up once where trying to realize, all right, if the linebacker does this to the person in the slot, then where are you going to go with the ball? And Mac Jones screwed something up earlier in practice. McDaniels coached him up on it. Then you come back, and this sort of brought everything home in the practice. And so Cam Newton gets out there. He gets under center, and you hear him, all right, 56 is the mic. Okay, fine. We understand. He could do that last year. Nick, you could do that. You could understand that basically when it comes to the Patriots, as far as I understand it, the, the offensive linemen are responsible for the four down linemen plus whoever the quarterback identifies as the Mike linebacker. And that could be anybody, depending right. on it. could be a safety. Yep. And so it's it's the rudimentary, very basic part of this offense. And Cam did it last year. It's not that hard. So that was fine. And they run through it. And Cam throws a little bit late in the seam. And that's okay. So now Mac Jones comes up. He identifies the Mike. But then you hear him say, 56 is the Mike Rita. Okay, that made me sit up a little bit. Okay, now he's tagging something else on to the mic call. It's not just a mic call. He's now telling the line to, or at least the the running back or the line, to slide right on protection. Rita, right, Linda, left. Or something along those lines. So I was like, okay, that made me sit up a little bit. And I'm like, okay, interesting. All right, now, now what happens? Okay, now it's Mac Jones under center. I think it was Nelson Aguilar. It could have been Kendrick Bourne as the right wide receiver. And so Max looking over the defense. They're all looking over the defense. And all of a sudden, Aguilar and Mac Jones look at each other, and Aguilar points to the slot cornerback. And Mac doesn't Mac Mac just says, I know, I know. <laughs> and so then they snap the ball. That slot cornerback comes on a blitz, which we saw last year a few times with Cam Newton and him not exactly see it. What does Mac Jones and Aguilar do? They both see it. Snap, boom, balls out, slant, probably like a 50-yard touchdown. It reminded me of like a Brandon Cook's play when he was here with Brady on a little slant that went, I think, for 50 yards, maybe a touchdown. I forget which game it was. So I saw that, Nick, and I was just like, that's the Patriots passing offense. Like, right. Thank you. Like that's what that's what okay. we've been waiting for. Yeah. That's what we've been waiting for. That's what we've been talking about all season. That's what we talked about where Cam had problems last year, where it's like, okay, can he play quarterback? Yes. Can he run? Can he complete some passes? Can he operate the offense? Yes. 
but is does he have the potential to use the Patriots passing offense to its full operational strength? And the answer has been a resounding no. And I still think it's a no. And to me, Mac Jones is the only person, you know, with, you know, talent on the roster to do it. And so what I saw yesterday, what I saw yesterday got me excited. Look, I don't know what's going to happen. Who, who knows what's going to happen? But I will say this, Nick, and this is this was not in my column. I had already written my column. But, you know, I'm on my way home from practice yesterday, and I know people wouldn't get back to me. But, you know, text some Patriot sources be like. So I texted one of them. And just to make sure I'm in, you know, the ballpark of where I should be. Right. And I texted one of them, and I said, look, I know it's just a May practice, and it wasn't really even a practice. But – Holy hell, Mac F and Jones. And all I got was a <laughs> and I and I got and I got a winking eye emoji back, basically being like, Yeah, you saw that right. So look, I don't know what's gonna happen. It's May. A lot can happen. He could get the Jared Stidham Memorial hit pointer tomorrow and be out and be on the bench for the rest of the year. Um, but I'll tell you what, Nick. Um where Cam is, where, so this was our first time seeing Cam, where Cam is, where Mac Jones is, where he can go with the playbook. Before before yesterday, I didn't really think there was a chance that Mac Jones was going to start till maybe the midway point of the season, maybe. It depended on how things go. It went early in the season. I now think that Mac Jones has a – how do I term this? I think he has a decent chance to start the opener and be the quarterback this season. I don't know if that's going to happen. I could be totally overrating this. I could have beer goggles at 2 a.m. at your <laughs> bar in Hampton. I could have some old lady hanging on me, um, that kind of thing. You know, back in my day, way back in the day at Rutgers, um, I could have serious QB beer goggles on. I don't know, maybe. But that's the way I felt yesterday, and that's what I wrote. And and I, I think it's – I think it's pretty accurate. I think that Mac Jones is ahead of schedule. Now it's just a question of when he arrives. You know, when when Mac Jones was drafted, the way I'll put this is when there's a first round pick, a lot of times you try to find that guy's superpower, so to speak, right? You feel like they will have at least one superpower to bring to the table. And Mac Jones's superpower was his processing ability, his ability yep. to learn, pretty much his football IQ. That is his superpower. He's not going to wow you with his size and his frame. I'm not worried about it overly. He's not 5'11". And, you know, I, I just think the size, he's obviously smaller than Tom Brady. He might be slightly smaller than Jared Stidham. I, I'm yeah. a lot less worried about that than I would be if he's struggling to throw the football. He's struggling to see things. His superpower is football IQ. And so when you describe what you just described to everybody, this is what you have to think about. Cam Newton has been in this offense now for about a year, right? He, he got a late start last season, but he, he went through the training camp they had that was condensed. He went through the season last year. He's had all offseason to keep his eye on the playbook and work on things while Mac Jones was, you know, going through the draft process and didn't have an idea he'd be playing for the Patriots and all of that stuff. Jones just got his playbook a month ago. And he is mm -hmm. already doing things that the quarterbacks that have been in this system for much longer seemingly can't do. And yep. I think if you are a Patriots fan, 
and you go into this season thinking, well, Mac Jones's superpower is his football IQ. That's what I've been told. Not an electric arm, not an incredible athlete, but it's his football IQ that is going to make him a franchise quarterback. Then, yes, listen, it's one day. We all understand that. But what you see is you see elements of that football IQ already paying off. You see the glimpses of the superpower. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you, Nick, and, and you're right. Quarterbacks all have their different strengths and weaknesses. To me, give me the, give me the mind and we could figure out things physically. Um, but I think that, I think that Jones where he is, is really good. I think they're quietly is, and look, we talked about this right after they drafted him, um, where, you know, some people were poo-pooing it and saying like, well, the Patriots fell into it and how much did they really love them and all this <laughs> bull crap. Yep. And, and I told you from people that I talked to and, and, and look, I understand because I talked to people right after that and I'm like, well, why, you know, why aren't you guys more excited? Like, what's the deal? Like you got, this guy's perfect for what you guys do. Like wh why are you, you know, Belichick downplayed it. People I talked to downplayed it. And what I got was, you know, there, there, there's an enormous amount of respect for Cam. And, um, and they might need cam. Look, you never know what's going to happen. Um, let's say it is Mac Jones, but what if he gets hurt? You know, you're going to go to Stidham. You're going to go to Hoyer. Wasn't it, wouldn't it be better to have cam Newton around to say, at least run you through like one squeak through one win, you know, mostly running the ball and being conservative with the passing offense. I think so. So there's an enormous amount of respect for cam. We saw, you know, his, his influence, even on the Julio Jones stuff. And so, you know, nobody in the immediate aftermath of the draft, no one was going to dance on his grave yeah. or anything. And who knew? Nobody knew what was going to happen. Who knows? Mac Jones could have showed up 350 pounds. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's true. He got, into, he got into the purple drink like Jamarcus Russell dude, all of a sudden. Trust me, if he was on the high tower post draft plan, he would have been a little hefty when he, they were not happy when Dante Hightower showed up here after the draft because, um, some of those Alabama guys like their like their food after you know a lot of guys go through this they cut they cut weight for the combine and stuff like that and then they you know have a little barbecue and things like that and you know <laughs> out of control for some guys but anyways they get a little loose they get a little loose. yeah I, I digress but um nobody was going to dance on Cam Newton's grave they didn't know whether there was going to be a grave but I could tell you that there is a quiet confidence about what Mac Jones is doing now look at the end of the day. If Bill Belichick doesn't think that it doesn't think it's wise for the team to start Mac Jones week one or week four in Sunday night football against Tom Brady, maybe he says, you know what? Let's 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 wait till week five. I don't know. So we don't know. I can't tell you today that he's going to be the opening day starter because Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick can do and does anything that he wants. But I will tell you, Mac Jones is on a good path. There's a quiet confidence inside the building about him. And we will see how this progresses week to week. We have, I think, two single practices the next couple of weeks. Then we have the three-day mini camp before the break. I think it's the 14th through the 16th, somewhere around there. And then there's the break, and then we come back for training camp. And But for where I saw him, especially I've seen a lot of rookie quarterbacks, undrafted guys, rookie quarterbacks, uh, decently high picks, from the Packers, the Dolphins, the Patriots, you know, Garoppolo, he's way ahead of where Garoppolo was and Stidham were. You know, of course, they came from simplified passing offenses. But for where he is right now as a rookie quarterback, 
he is ahead of schedule. Now it's a question of when's he going to arrive. Yeah, and one last thing. You know, it was one practice, as you said. We, we've yep. given all the disclaimers. But I, I was surprised how Belichick approached this, and I was wrong. I, I thought we talked about this earlier in the week. Yep. I thought he would treat Jones as the, the last. Yeah, yep, as the mushroom, right? He, he was just going to kind of let him be the fourth guy, like you said, grabbing helmets, mm-hmm. doing not much of anything, especially in front of the media. You know, behind closed doors, when the media, the closed practices, that's different. But when you've got the guys out there and, and you're able to talk about it and write about it and you're able to film what's going on, I thought we'd see a lot less of Mac Jones, frankly. I thought he would be squarely yep. in the fourth spot. So I, I do think that's a nice little nugget to what happened yesterday. The second big story at the practice yesterday was the fact that there were so many guys not there, Greg. I've heard and read that there were 25, 30 dudes who weren't there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was surprising to me to, to, you know, see a Patriots team that most of the time before, you know, the quarterback decided to take um, that his family was more of a priority. um, Or so he said, uh, it, it, it was stunning to me that there were there were probably less than sixty Patriots players on the field for a an OTA practice, um, you know. And is everybody from you know Judon Phillips, Gilmore, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, Damian Harris came on late but didn't do anything. The two starting quarterbacks, J.C. Jackson um, and Stephon Gilmore, uh, Devin McCourty, even you know Chase Winovich wasn't out there. Uh, draft picks Barmore, Stevenson, no Hightower, no Johnu Smith, no I, no bookend tackles, and Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown, Lawrence Guy. You know it was it was a mess. And so I mean, <laughs> I remember when it? they started practice, I was like, they broke up into positions, and I'm like, wait, what the hell? What position group is that? There's like two guys over there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's running. I saw Ivan Fears. I was like, oh, it's running backs. And I was like, who the hell are those guys? And it was Tyler Gaffney and it was JJ Taylor. So nice. That was that was interesting. I will say, um, you know, while we're while we're here, and look, I don't know the reasons. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have any guesses. I'm not gonna make any judgments, whatever. It's voluntary. Uh, I did ask Bill Belichick in the press conference about specifically about Hightower and and while he didn't ad- address the question directly, which he never will, I took his demeanor and what he said, which was basically like, you know, even the guys aren't, aren't here, we're expecting them to play this year. I took it as, because I asked him, I said, do you have any reason basically to think that Dante Hightower will not be on your roster or what have you? And he was basically like, he looked like, yeah, you know, we, we expect him to play as far as we know. So that was good. But um yeah, I'm not going to make any big judgments out of this. It's, you know, they didn't have to be there and they weren't. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing a lot of this across the NFL. And yeah. obviously, the one that is glorified the most is Aaron Rodgers because he's out there in Hawaii drinking wine, playing acoustic guitar, singing karaoke, and the videos are going viral. And, you know, Rodgers, he had never missed an OTA in his career. And so he's not there. The top five wide receivers of Green Bay, they're not at OTAs. So this is happening throughout the league. I would not read too much into it. It's the tug of war that you and I discussed earlier about the union and the NFL. The union wants a lot less offseason work. Uh, They want more homework, so to speak, than actual work on the field. And there's a lot of teams 
that are acquiescing and they're changing the way they run stuff. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Washington is one of those teams. Washington pretty much, you know, canceled OTAs and they're moving up the mandatory, I think, minicamp is what they're going to do, something like that. So Ron Rivera is changing the program in Washington. This is happening throughout the league. I I would take a deep breath. I don't think it's that big of a deal. One guy I did want to ask you about is uh, Nelson Aguilar, because I read some things. and. And listen, I, I don't want to go crazy, but you talked about Jones and Aguilar on that play, yep. the slot corner blitz. They were on the same page. It would have been a big play. I did read some things yesterday on Twitter, some observations from guys that were there watching that Aguilar had a pretty good day. He he, he might have even looked better than people expected him to look. What would you think? Yeah, I thought he looked good. Out of, out of all the receivers, he was the one that sort of popped off um, to me. So, yeah, I thought he looked good. I thought he played fast. Um, he definitely played it, or at least he looks like he plays at a different speed than, say, like a, you know, Philip Dorsett or even a Demir Bird, you know, guys who are known to be fast but don't really play that fast. They don't play up to their speed. And Aguilar looks like a guy who plays faster than his time speed. Um, I thought Bourne looked fine also. I thought Hunter Henry looked solid, even though, to be honest, he didn't really pop that much to me. I'm not. I'm not saying anything negative about him. I, I think other people remarked that they thought he looked really good. I, I, I just thought he looked fine. Uh, I will say the new tight end that they just signed. I forget what his name is, but he looks like a strictly a blocking option. He's not. He does not have much juice down the field. I will say the two guys who stood out the most to me, other than you know Mac Jones, and I would probably put Aguilar number two, uh, was JJ Taylor. The running back. I think hmm. he's one of your guys. Um, JJ was a guy who impressed last year, especially he's surprising. He may be really small and he is really small, uh, but he catches the ball extremely well down the field. We didn't really see that today, but just in terms of the way he moved and he looks like he added a little, he added some upper body strength. His legs look humongous. He looks like a little bowling ball. He now looks like mini Mac Heron. <laughs> Like yeah. people referenced Minnie Mac Heron last year. Now JJ Taylor looks like Minnie Mac Heron, and which is a good development because James White, you know, he was one of the guys who didn't report or at least right. wasn't at practice yesterday. He's in the final year of his deal. It was even if he whether he was coming back here. So that's good. And I will say the other guy who stood out to me, and look, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I studied the kicker reps oh at all. Oh boy. Because but but they were but they were kicking on uh the field closest to us but there was work going on you know uh, more important things to watch but every time i looked over this dude was popping the ball all over the play i mean in a good way he was launching the ball the ball was coming off his foot every field goal was like almost through the top of the crossbars was this undrafted free agent quinn norton like i don't know i don't know his deal i mean i think he's from michigan that he was the only undrafted free agent but I'll just say, Nick, you, you, you've probably heard this because, you know, you know a lot about sports. But there's there's certain people when they do things, when they uh, hit a baseball, when they uh, – and, and it just sounds different. When they hit a golf ball, um, there was a young amateur golfer that I, uh, that I heard at a tournament that I was covering. I could hear her from the parking lot hitting on the driving range, and it was just different. She went on to have a very good LPGA career, even though I can't remember what her name is right now no no it was a little bit before that my wife would know because my wife was playing in that tournament but 
Um, but there's just certain in, in, when you're around fields and courses yeah. and things like that, hockey arenas, you know, slap shots. Yep. Things just sound different. And the ball off of Norden's foot just sounds different. It, yeah. it, it just does. It makes you, it makes you pay attention. Look, I don't know whether he can hit, hit the broad side of a barn. I just thought it was interesting for one day. I was like, hey, who the hell is that 61 kid who keeps killing the ball? Well, that's him. Something to monitor. Yeah, Quinn Ordine from uh, from Michigan. I watch him a little bit. I, I happen to have a buddy of mine that is a hardcore Michigan fan, so I've actually seen him kick sometimes at games. Uh, it, it reminds me, though, of the story of, like, when you hear things, it, it reminds me of my yep. buddy's Zoe. You know, if you catch a football from Zoe or if you're in the parking uh, lot, yeah. and when he whips it, it act- the ball actually whistles. You know, like when yep. when you like you have a nerf ball that whistles, yep. you're like, oh yeah. No, Zoe's football, literally <laughs> to this day, as he's in his fifties, sorry, Zoe, his football whistles as it comes at you. It it's almost terrifying how how it's different. Uh let's jump mm. to the uh BSJ member question of the day. Check them out. $39.99 on the annual plan. Of course, top-notch analysis of all the Boston Pro Sports. If you're a Pats junkie, then a membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis that Badad does on the coach's film and direct access to the man himself in weekly chats. This is another one when you tell me, Nick, don't worry about it. I will find the question. So, Greg, what question yep. did you find? So, uh, Mikey D asks. Mikey D. Uh, <laughs> if we assume Cam is the starting quarterback for the start of the season, how hard is it going to be for this team to transition from Cam's offense, bully ball to Mac Jones offense, Pat's traditional offense in midseason? Uh, this is something we've been over before. This is something I've ridiculed Tony Mass about over and over, <laughs> and I will continue to. It's not a different offense. Look, it, it might be a different game plan. It's a different it's it's a different strategy against that opponent, but it, in terms of like, look, let's take, for example, for Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith or Nelson Aguilar. Like, say one week Cam Newton is the starting quarterback. Well, the tight ends know they're going to have to block a little bit more that week. And maybe Aguilar doesn't have that many deep routes, okay? Say Cam Newton gets hurt. And the next week, well, now they put in the game plan where now Nelson Aguilar, there's a few more deep shots in. The tight ends are in the seam a little bit more. It is not... It is zero. It's not a big deal. It is zero deal. People need to stop asking about this. People need to stop <laughs> stop bringing it up. And Mike knows I love him. And he's one of our best members. And he's been very supportive of the site and continues to be. And and he's great. And and um, you know, he's one of the people that I that I consider confidants that I ask questions about the site. And they, you know, I have a sort of a sounding board of members and Mike's a member of them. So he, he's going to take this in stride the right way. And this really isn't aimed at him. It's mostly aimed at hi, Jimmy Stewart, yeah. uh, Maz <laughs> and Felger and Murray, because they keep perpetuating this stuff. And then I keep getting questions like educate your audience. Okay. So that they ask smart questions. Don't, don't make them dumber. Okay. And so this storyline is a dumb storyline. And I'm done talking about it. Like, it's not two different offenses. It is the Patriots offense. It is just structured differently, especially in the run game. Even Mike Lombardi said the running game is different. It's But the passing game is the same. It's all the same. It's just how it's dressed up that week for that opponent. And it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. So it's not going to matter. It's not 
a Mac Jones offense. It's not a Cam Newton offense. It's a New England Patriots offense. It has never changed. It is always going to be the same as long as McDaniels and or Belichick are here. And it will be a complete non-factor when it comes to switching between quarterbacks this season. Mike D. Reminds me of the Beastie Boys. I'm Mike D. And I get respect. Mm. Your cash and your jewelry is what I expect. Uh, I'm Look sure Mike that. D will be okay with it. Uh, the yeah, Greg he, knows. Bernard, he knows. The Greg he knows I love podcast with Nick Cattles. That'll do it for this episode. Everybody enjoy your long Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Have fun. Uh, we'll be back early next week to talk more, Pats. Until then, be good.